J.T. Crowley is Talking Books. On this show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello, everyone. I'm J.T. Crowley, and today on my show, I'm delighted to welcome Elaine Chandler-Harris from Chicago in the United States of America to talk about her startling book, and it is startling, everybody, Linkages. Elaine is a retired middle grade high school teacher, a job she loved and which meant so much to her. She taught languages, reading, amongst other subjects. But she was also, apart from a teacher, she worked in, uh, for a considerable amount of time, public relations. Now, she has one son, Gregory, three grandchildren, and the split is two girls and one boy. And she's got two great-grandchildren, one of each. And when you look at her, you're thinking, nah, she can't be a great-grandmother. She's, no. Now, that face is not a great-grandmother, but she is everybody. Even I was shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine likes to be her own boss and loves the freedom of having the choice of doing all the things she could never get round to doing when she was younger. Like most authors, the idea of her book lingered in the background for quite a while, gathering dust, so to speak, until COVID and lockdown stuck, which gave her more time on her hands. Therefore, she turned, dusted off the, uh, the covers, blew the dust off the sheets, and finally put the book together with a lot of help from her editing team at Trafford and other friends as well. So without further ado, and less of my chit-chat, let's get on to get let's get her on to the show to reveal what lurks between these pages. And boy, there's a lot of story in this book, everybody. There's a lot lurking in these pages. Elaine, the floor is yours. Come and join me. Thank you, John. Glad to be with you. Oh, when I've read this book and I thought, ooh. This is hot. This is um, mind-blowing. And I'm thinking, hmm, I need to ask this uh, lady a few questions here as to what and why she wrote this book. So let's find out, everybody, okay? Elaine, um, for me, I found this a deeply disturbing book around, very, around a very dysfunctional family, and they are dysfunctional. Believe you me, everybody. What compelled you to write such an evocative, vivid, graphic storyline? Was it because you yourself saw and witnessed these things, both in your personal and professional life? So what was going on in society around you? Where does this story come from and why? You know, John, every time I give the book to someone or someone is going to purchase the book, I tell them, it's hard. It's a hard read. Uh, you're going to want to put it down between chapters one and four. But if you could get past that, <laughs> yeah, you're on the ride that you'll never write uh, again. Um, actually, I had too much on my time teaching one summer. Uh, off, and I was watching Oprah Winfrey's show, and she had this 
father, 45, 70-year-old daughter on her show. And they were in a consensual sexual relationship. I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't see how that was possible. And as I looked at the father, he was a wily person, wily creature. And I said, this is absolute manipulation of this teenage girl. I had um, already done the framework for a novel, not a, a novel, a family saga. And I ended up um, dropping them into the storyline. And it's not based on anything that they said on the show. It took a lot of imagination on my part. It took a lot of delving into um, those sorts of relationships on my part. Thinking back, have I ever known anyone in a relationship like this before? And so I just set myself free. I set aside all my moral issues about it and uh, all my prejudices about it. And I wrote it from the standpoint of people being in love, uh, the love of uh, a sister for her brother, a love of a niece for her uncle. Because without the love element, I, I saw no way for those sort of relationships to exist. So that's how that came about, John. I see. Let's talk about some of the issues, Elaine, that you go into in the book. And of course, the biggest issue for me that lies at the heart, the core of this book, is the incestual relationship between Mamie and Spanky, uh, brother and sister. And that part of the story, which is set in the late 1930s, early 1940s, in and around Mississippi, was incest so i was thinking mm, was incest prevalent among the black african american community that much in those days of course it would be a totally taboo subject it would never be talked about in public but was it there behind the scenes is that why you chose to give mamie and spanky these characteristics because it is the ancestral relationship. In my uh, formative years, in my teens, I read a book that uh, involved a father who was um, sexually active with his daughter, and she ended up getting pregnant by him. Supposedly, the mother knew nothing about this, yet all three of them slept in the same bed. Um, I reached back into the stories that I heard as a kid, you know, the hush-hush stories that we were not supposed to hear uh, about the uncle who was sleeping with the cousin, daughter, you know, um, uh, niece, rather, uh, cousins who actually married each other. So, uh, yeah, that was the background for, for John. Uh, I didn't have to reach too deep into my own imagination. There were actual examples. And when you research that topic, it's just amazing. It's overwhelming. Um, 
it happens more often than we would ever want to uh, admit. And no, we don't talk about those things. Those are hush-hush topics. Certainly in those days, you didn't. Yes. Yes. Um, and and make it very clear, it's not just the uh, black African American community. Incest happens in all communities. Yes, it does. Um, so I want to um, move on here, Elaine, because uh, there's another issue here. I want to go to Raphael. Now, Raphael is the eldest son of Lottie. Yeah. Lottie, everybody, is the daughter of Mamie. Yeah. Uh, now, Lottie, we will come on to in a minute because, oh, she's got her own characteristics. Believe you me, everybody. <laughs> We've only touched the icing here. We haven't got down to the cake yet. <laughs> and she sure is the cake. Yeah. yeah. So the... You, you're talking here about, with, you know, Raphael, suicide. He's a yeah. young guy finding it difficult to cope with rejection, you know, forming relationships. And his suicide while at university in Memphis area has a profound effect on all the family members. Yeah. This was a character who witnessed and saw things that at his tender age should have never have seen, never have witnessed and never had been put in a certain position. That position, I'm not going to divulge everybody because if you want to find out what that position is, you've got to read the book. And I'm not going to give that away. Why did you create, Raphael? Was this to um, talk about these issues? Is this important to you? Raphael was extremely important to me. Um, When he was a child... I'm going to say this. He sat on Spanky, well, Spanky's uh, knee and was shoved off and, you know, just totally uh, talked to very abrasively at that time um, by his father. He turned off. He, He said to himself, I will never call you father again. You know, you don't insist to me. And that was the beginning of him having a negative attitude about his father. He didn't feel loved by his father. Um, He desired it, but it just wasn't there. So Raphael is an accumulation of all the frustration, all the pain, all the hatred that others were not able to express and he himself was not able to verbally express, but it came out in the nuances of his personality and his emotions and his attitudes and his approach uh, to life. So he's essential. He's essential. Mm. Of course, it was the relationship with Eloise and it was his friend at college. Um, It was there, you know, he is falling in love with Eloise, um, but she didn't love him in the end, and she went for his friend, and he couldn't handle that. And all the other baggage that you give him, that right. was just one step too far. Yes, it was. Um, yeah. What I found 
um, Elaine, particularly disturbing, was the storyline you gave Vicky. Now, Vicky, everybody, is the daughter of Lottie. So Lottie has three children. She has Raphael, she has Vicky, and she has Teddy. And Lottie is the daughter of Mamie. So that's the line. Mamie, Lottie, then the three kids. Vicky, who is the middle child, here, you're delving into troubling waters here for you're talking about child molestation, uh, you know, from within the family and teenage rape. And to be honest with you, Elaine, I'm amazed that she comes out as a reasonably balanced person when you consider some of all the other characters that are in this book. Did you give Vicky this storyline deliberately so that you could talk about child molestation and teenage rape and how the family dealt with that? Absolutely, John. Absolutely. Um, Another more prevalent uh, topic does not get discussed outside of a family or outside of those intimate people in our lives. Teenage girls are so abused. And in teaching, (laughs) that reinforced that fact for me. Um, The uncles, the um, dates, you know, the strangers. I would ask in my classroom, how many uh, girls were virgins? Out of 25 kids, I may have three girls who were virgins. And we're talking about 13 and 14 year old girls. It disturbs me greatly. So yes, that was intentional, John. That was intentional. Um, She dealt with it, but if you notice, she's restricted for the rest of her life. Uh, She's not able to deal with a sexual relationship with her boyfriend. We don't know if she'll ever be able to deal with that. So, you know, there are consequences beyond our understanding, uh, beyond our um, knowledge, really of what goes on with our teenage girls. But I I like how you gave the character Terence, you know, he's a young guy and you gave him such emotion and he understood once she told him what had happened, how he gently dealt with her, you know, and just said, I will give you plenty of time whenever you want it. You know, that's it. That's the only thing that can redeem her. Yeah. That type of unconditional love is the only thing that can heal her. Mm. You know. Her okay. can heal her. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. get to Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> Sit back, everybody. Lottie. <laughs> Here comes Lottie. Oh, boy. <laughs> She's a dominant character here. That features for me across all the storylines. She's Mamie's daughter. The family have now moved up to Chicago, Illinois. Uh, For back in the 50s and 60s, a lot of the black uh, African-American communities saw the northern states as states of opportunity as opposed to the south. Yes. 
She's the mother of Raphael, Becky, and Teddy. And the issue you give Lottie, and the issues you give Lottie, well, here we go. Um, she has addictions with drugs. Um, she's manic depressive. You put her in prison. You talk about rehabilitation. Um, again, here comes the incest, the unnatural relationship between herself and her uncle Spanky. That going on as well. And so, yeah, the incest was like second removed incest. If I dare to be so brave, why did you give Lottie all this baggage? I mean, anybody had all that, they would have given up, wouldn't you? Yes. Um, we've got to find strength within ourselves. Life is not easy. We face uh, situations and difficulties that we never expect. And women, we can't afford to crumble. We can't afford to just uh, fall apart and not get back up. I wanted Lottie to have the greatest challenges because I had every intention for her to get back up. And she does. She does. Yes. Oh, she does. Yes. Um, she didn't know what. Let's not tell everybody what happens. <laughs> that's towards the end. You want to find out what happened to her? Read the book. We're not going to go there, everybody. Yeah. Um, it is a bit of a rags to riches story with Lottie. End of conversation there. Um, but, you know, uh, Spanky, you know, well, Elaine, let's cover off this major character and all the foibles, the imperfections, the flaws you dump on him and you do dump on him here. Yeah. We're talking about incestual relationships with his sister, Mamie. Yeah. What happened when um, the parents, you know, Esther and her husband came back and found them having a sexual relationship. Yeah. How he was thrown out the family. Um, his army days. Now, in the army days, we're talking about 1930s here, so late 30s. So he'll probably be a soldier in World War II. Yes. Yes. He, he's murdered. And I'm not going to reveal who did it or who took the flat for it, because that is revealed in the book. But it does turn out to be, apart from his philandering, his um, unnatural sexual relationships, he's a very, very good businessman, isn't he? Yes. yes. Wow. That yes. I didn't see coming. Um, you know, so yeah. why did you give this character Spanky all the traits that you gave him? Why? Partially personal experience. Um, I once knew a, a person very similar to Spanky. Um, great business person, rich within his own rights, but so morally corrupt until it was like, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and I think that type of brutality has a place among rich men. I hate to say that, John. Uh, you guys, yeah, he's a patriarchal protagonist in your book. Yes, he's a patriarchal yes. protagonist. Yeah, yes, he has to have power, doesn't he? Has to. 
has to. Not, no one's going to tell Spanky what to do. No one. And was that the reason for putting Spanky in? You needed this patriarchal protagonist to um, bring a different aspect to the storyline of this book. And part of that characteristic is abuse. It's an abuse. Mm. I couldn't have chosen a better abuser. Mm. And you can understand how he's an abuser and why he is. He's very open. There's nothing complex about Spanky. He just is. You know, and you wonder um, what sort of childhood he had because he was thrown out of the house. Yes. What happened to him? Yes. But read the book, everybody. Yes. <laughs> you know, you know, Elaine, I, when I looked at the characters, Mamie and Lottie, and I find myself asking this, why would these women who no doubt could see their relationship with Spanky was unnatural? but yet they allowed him to dominate their lives. They yearned for him. They mourned him. They loved him. Do you think um, that women as a whole here who face or find themselves in these situations are kind of entrapped in many ways? Because an outsider looking at these two characters would run for the hills. Wouldn't you? Yes. Because yes. this Absolutely. is some kind of control issue. He's controlling these women here. Like puppets. And it's so easy for him to do. There are no, there's no effort in, in for Spanky. Spanky just is. Okay. <laughs> um, women have been submissive uh, throughout time. You know, our Bibles even tell us to be submissive. So a lot of women never came out of that, John. Yeah. Even this day in the 21st century, we have women who are so submissive to their mates, their husbands, their boyfriends or whatever, to the point of self-destruction. There's no self left in them. They exist for one reason, to please their man, okay? So that's Lottie and Mamie for you. Intelligent women. Lottie was going to the University of Chicago. Intelligent. She was a very intelligent woman. Yes. Um, Who just went off the rails a bit, you know. She took the flag uh, for something, and I'm not going to say what. And she went to prison. Threw it all away to get in prison. You know, and I think how the kids deal with their mum, you know, who's off the planet at times and were doped up with drugs when she was going through a difficult time, you know, I think they were wonderful. I mean, when you look at the other character, Teddy, the young child here now. Yeah. He witnessed. Now, for me, Elaine, Teddy, Lottie's youngest son, who wants to tread the boards, he wants to be an actor, he wants to be on the stage. Yeah, um, yeah, he seems to come out of all this mire and as a balanced young man. I yeah. love this character. And <laughs> so, why did you have this reasonably balanced character against all the others? And of course, the other um, 
character within the book, Uncle Julian, he's the other sensible one, who glued the whole thing, to held it all together. But Teddy, tell, talk to me about Teddy. Why did you give him those characteristics? I, I had to exercise some freedom in one of those characters. Uh, Freddie came out of Lottie's womb free. Mm. <laughs> <And> seeking <laughs> recognition and seeking attention and high energy, very, very much aware of who he is. You know, he doesn't mm. question who he is. He doesn't care who his family is. You know, <laughs> he's free, John. That he's was my he's a very free-spirited uh, character, isn't he? That was my butterfly. Yes, he's free. But he, he took he took uh, Raphael's death very badly, didn't he? Yes, yes. He couldn't understand the suicide. Yes, I know. It so, broke my heart when I realized I had done that to him. It did. Hmm. I had forgotten from the original writing that I had done that. So you can imagine how emotional I was when I reread and realized what had happened to Raphael. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Having written the book, Elaine, what message or messages would you like your readers to take away from this That's interesting true. and intriguing book? You know, what's the message you'd like the readers to take away from your book? I guess I'm I'm really uh, projecting all of this at women. Please, please love yourself. If you don't love yourself, you you have no image of love. You don't know what love is. You know, um, be productive in your own life. Uh, Let's not continue to sit back and wait for the world to take care of us. Let's take care of ourselves. You know, let's pay attention to those people around us who make us feel bad, who hurt us and we make excuses for them. There are no excuses for that, no. And I know it gets to be very dangerous to try to pull yourself out of an abusive relationship, but I'd rather die trying to be free than to die at the hand of a maniacal person, man, person, Um. period. You know, because ultimately a lot of those situations end up with women being killed. Absolutely, yes. I I understand that one. Yes. Who do you see as your market for this book, Elaine? And more importantly, who would you want to read this book? Do you want men to read this book? Women to read Uh, this book? Who do you want to read this book? It's for mature people, for sure. Um, Because you have to be able to bypass certain uh, aspects of the story. Once you do that, you'll realize you're reading a golden book, you know. Um, Adults, men and women, I want men to read it, please. You know, Uh, I want it to be 25 years and older, you know. Um, And I just want you to, them to just take a ride, take an unexpected journey. You know, that they could not conceive of, 
I conceived of it for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You don't have to try to find anything shocking for you. Do you know, Elaine, for me, uh, you've certainly cobbled together an eclectic collection of characters that make up this, um, you know, in the core of this highly dysfunctional family. But I'm going to leave the listeners with two questions. Who murders Spanky and why? Plus, who took the rap and why? Don't say anything. That's me telling Elaine off everybody. She's not to tell you. If you want to find out, read the book. (laughs) Elaine, where can people get this very distinctive, uh, maybe disturbing, uh, thought-provoking graphic book of yours? Where can they get it from? You can get it at all of the major bookstores. You can get it online at my website, which is ElaineChandlerHarris.com. You can get it from my publishers, Trafford uh, Publishing Company. Uh, we're on Amazon. You know, we're everywhere, John. Everywhere. Good. Elaine Chandler Harris, I have to say, your book absorbed me. It intrigued me. It slightly disturbed me at times because it opened up my, um, you know, thinking about, oh, how do people function in life? What do different people face in life? But I have to say, it's been a great delight talking to you, chatting to you about your eye-opening book. Thank you very much, Elaine. Oh, thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you are in the world. So until next time, stay safe. <laughs>